0: You are now listening to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into tourist traps. Think of your next destination, then having a local share of the best places to stay, eat, drink, and what to do. Time is money, and these ladies are saving you time and preventing you from looking like a tourist. Here are your hosts, Katie Hilton and Stephanie Gerrard.
1: Good
2: evening, Stephanie Gerard. you blonde bombshell you. Good evening, Katie Hilton, you... I don't know what color hair you have, because when I first met you, I thought you had red hair, so now I think you always have red hair, but like it's definitely brown, you know?
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, when you met me, I did have red in my hair. It was supposed (laughs) to be blonde, but um, it was reddish. Yeah. It's brown, and I've got some balayage going on.
2: Yeah. But anyways, for everyone who is listening, welcome back or welcome to Like a Local Podcast, the podcast that allows you to trip without falling into those tourist traps. I'm Stephanie Girard. I'm Katie Hilton, and we are your your travel guides. We are your hosts. We're your travel advisors. We're your travel advisors. Happy Monday. How was your Monday, Katie? It was pretty much just a Monday.
1: It was a mundane
2: Monday. Yeah, it was just another manic Monday. (laughs) Wait. So today, the fire alarm in my apartment building started going off, like the loud one. It wasn't just the one that like goes off in my unit. It was the building alarm. But This has happened before, not at this complex, but like at my previous one. And I was like, oh, I can just ride it out. Like it's probably just a test or (laughs) a fluke and it will go off in like 10 minutes. Right. So I'm riding it out. It is loud and it keeps going on and on and on. And I see people out my window. Like everybody's lined up outside. Like everybody's evacuating and I'm not, I'm not, you're not the least bit concerned that maybe perhaps there is a fire. No, 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 no. Because I didn't hear the fire trucks yet. So then it was like 15 minutes (sighs) past, fire trucks are here. Okay. And now I'm like, oh my God, there's so many people right outside where if I were to show myself, like that's so like, they're probably like the psychopath. (laughs) Like why? Why Why the hell did it take you so long? Yeah. Yeah. Katie, I'm not kidding. 30 minutes go by, 35. It is still going on. And I'm like, at this point, like I- can't. I No, no, no. There's no, there's- no, I'm burning. There wasn't another door you could go out of. No, there's only one staircase that I know of. And I'm sure the elevators weren't working. And like, there were no, so they many- definitely weren't working. <laughs> like, it's a pretty big complex. Everybody was outside. So there was no turning back. I fully accepted. If it is a fire, I'm burning. But then I figured like, if it really was a fire, the sprinklers would be going off, right? Like the, you know, little sprinkler heads that are in, on the ceiling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So that was my Monday. It finally went off after like 45 minutes. Did my ears hurt? Yes. But at least I didn't have to go through the embarrassment of showing myself after.
1: It was, and it sounds like it would, would have been such a inconvenience for you to just go outside.
2: If you saw the amount of people that are outside and heard how loud it was and the fact that I stuck Stuck with with it it. for that long. Yeah. So that was my Monday, but anyways. Yeah, it was pretty mundane,
1: but I do want to share this weekend. We're still in Texas and we had to go into Dallas for the, for the day on Saturday. And we went to one of Rachel's recommendations. It was called Mm -hmm. HG supply. It was on rapid fire.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, best bar, best rooftop
1: best bar, rooftop bar. And it was so good. I don't know if this is just on the weekends or if it's like, it's probably just on the weekends, but like you go inside and they have like a full menu. And then if you want to be upstairs, then it's just like bar food. So we went upstairs and they had like nachos, beet, carpaccio, like vegan queso dip, um, a couple other things. I can't remember, but we got the tuna tostados. And then I got the tequila drink and Ryan got a beer and it was so nice. Everyone Ooh. was out and about the service was great. She was so nice. We, I mean, we didn't stay long because we wanted a little something more to eat. Mm-hmm. than tuna tostados. but it was so cute. It was a great, great Saturday afternoon day drink
2: sort of place. Oh my gosh. Well, shout out Rachel. We love a good rapid fire round recommendation. Glad you had a nice weekend. Oh, and so you know that we went to
1: a wedding last weekend. Mm hmm. Well, back up. It is cold here. It's rainy. It's been rainy all day and it's been cold, like 55 and it's raining now. It's thundering if you can't hear it. Then I got on Instagram and I looked at my friend's story, the one that got married last weekend and she is in Mexico on a
2: beach and it looked so lovely just with her frozen drinks and her husband on a beach Speaking of beaches, great segue, Katie. Today we are headed to the Outer Banks, North Carolina. This beach town might ring a bell after Netflix graced us with the show back when we were all in quarantine. Our guest today is local Audra Krieg. She and her husband moved down from Pittsburgh 10 years ago and are now raising four beautiful kids on OBX. I'm a little jealous of them. Imagine having the beach as your backyard. Audra wears so many hats on top of being a mom. She is a co-owner of a photography business. She has an amazing blog. The Outer Banks Mom. Y'all be sure to go check that out. And she's even a published author. Last May, she published The Parker House, which is book one of a multi-part series called The Fish wrap Mysteries. These books are geared towards middle school children, but nothing is stopping us from grabbing a copy, especially after hearing the story of why Audra started to write these stories. So y'all definitely keep listening to this episode to hear more about that, what to do if you're stuck in a rip current, all about the Lost Colony, and of course, the local lowdown. Y'all enjoy. All right, everyone, we are channeling our inner John B. today and getting the local lowdown of the Outer Banks, North Carolina with local Audra Krieg. Audra, thank you so much for coming on today. Before we get into the local lowdown of the Outer Banks, we'd love for you to introduce yourself and give the lowdown on who you are.
0: Thank you for having me on. My name is Audra Krieg. I am a mom of four and my husband and I have lived here on the Outer Banks for 10 years. I'm a published author. I just released my first book, The Parker House. And I also co-own a photography company in Kerala, which is like the northernmost tip of the Outer Banks. And I work that full time. Amazing. Tell us a little bit more about your book. So my book is really geared more towards like eight-year-olds to 12-year-olds. That's kind of like the demographic. So it's a middle grade reader, they, they call it. It is based on adventures that kids might actually have by living here. And it was very largely inspired by my son when you know, we first moved here, he was terrified. He like hated living here. We moved from Pittsburgh. He was seven years old. And like, it was like culture shock. Like we went from like pound in the pavement in the city to, you know, sand everywhere. And that was it. And he just didn't want to make friends. He just kind of just opted out of making friends because he was just like, no, nope, I'm not going to like it here. And that's that, you know, true seven-year-old boy style. And so at night, I would start to tell him bedtime stories that were about like these wild Outer Banks adventures, like solving old local mysteries, you know, playing in the sound, kayaking, all that kind of stuff, like real adventures that he now loves and takes all the time. But I would always include a classmate of his as like his wingman in hopes that like he would go to school and be like, oh, I kind of know that kid because he was in my bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and throughout like a couple of weeks, like he started making friends, but the bedtime stories stuck. And so finally I just, you know, decided that it was time to start to write them down because they, they are like really fun stories. And there's three of them. And the Parker house is the first book in the fish Rat mysteries, which is the series of three books all based here on the Outer Banks.
1: That's so cool. It sounds like I would read that.
0: So (laughs) It's funny because through social media, I have obviously like a lot of mom followers and female followers who have purchased it and read it. And I I just, I guess I didn't really see that coming. I just thought it would be like these children, you know, eight to 12 year olds that would read it. And now I I have a whole lot of adults who have read it and, and like it. So It's become part of mom's book clubs. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I don't know about that, but (laughs) they are reading it.
2: So that's so awesome that the kids get to read that. Um, And then they can, they can watch Outer Banks
0: as like a. In Outer
1: Banks, is that like, what's the age range for that though?
0: Older. I think the show is probably a little bit older, just like, you know, the, the main characters are older, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's, it's funny because, you know, with that Netflix show coming out, I just feel like the Outer Banks kind of we've always been on the map I don't want to say like that that show did anything like this has always been a hot spot for tourism but but between the pandemic and the show I think last year I'm pretty sure that they said that this was the best year that the Outer Banks has done tourism-wise in 19 years it's been like the busiest and the best season was last year and this year is like projected to to do the same so I mean it's crazy it's funny because I was reading one of your blog posts about Outer Banks the show
2: and you said like it didn't really make Outer Banks very appealing and I feel like that is so true because when my family and I watched it we were like this isn't really what Outer Banks looks like at all
0: yeah well the Outer Banks is just like quaint and it's I mean there's nothing really like I mean, of course there's mom drama, but there's not like catty, like country club. I don't know. I mean, maybe I just stay out of that, but it's just, it's very much like a, a community. And, you know, if one person's hurting, everybody's hurting. And, and you know, there's a GoFundMe within five minutes that's raised $100,000 kind of thing. It's just a very much of a sense of community, not like this, like, you know, what was it? The kooks and the pogues. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's not like a, a division, not like that anyway.
1: And I also, I think Helen told us, I think that it was, it actually isn't filmed in the Outer Banks. It's yeah, in, it, in Mount Pleasant.
0: Yes. Which okay. is so funny because it it makes it look, I mean, it, the, the marshes and everything like that, they make, made that like, look kind of authentic, but nobody's like, cruising around on waterways like <laughs> yeah, yeah. Their, i don't know that yeah and and the other thing here is like most of our homes are built like up on stilts mm-hmm. and those ones are all like the low country like you know beautiful south carolina homes that would i mean our coastline's so fragile those things would just blow right away yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well regardless i'm glad that it has boosted tourism That's yeah
0: really- i mean between that and the pandemic everybody wanting their own house and not to like yeah. walk through a hotel lobby i think yeah. The Outer Banks definitely definitely benefited last year anyway.
1: So tell us why someone should consider Outer Banks over, because North Carolina has a lot of beaches, so South Carolina, I don't know about Virginia, but tell us why someone should
0: consider the Outer Banks over those other beaches. Yeah. So the Outer Banks is, it's I mean, it's obviously beautiful. We're known for beautiful beaches. We're known for like locally owned businesses, honestly, that are like pretty much everything here is local. We don't have a ton of chains with the exception of maybe like a Marriott or, you know what I mean? Like the, the standard hotels, but there's still so many like mom and pop boutique style hotels. That's always been the vibe here. And now, you know, now that's cool, I guess, is like, like the boutique style hotel. But I really think that the Banks, it's just such an amazing place for a family vacation, for a romantic getaway, because each town has a little something different to offer, you know, like- In Kerala, you might be looking at like this remote dune line. And then in Duck, you've got like, you know, it's kind of like peppered with little boutiques and and small businesses, mom and pop shops, amazing restaurants that you can walk all around, you know, and then down in Hatteras, like a completely different village. It's a totally different vibe, a surf town, tons of artists down there. You know, I mean, it's just it's each town has its own little flair to it. So I really think that there's just something for everybody on the Outer Banks, whether you're looking for like a totally relaxed vacation with nothing but sitting on the beach, or you want something where you can, you know, stroll with your honey and go get like coffee in the morning and drinks at night and walk back to your house. Like, you can totally find that here too. So
1: yeah, I think that's, that's definitely what our listeners are wanting. I think that's what they crave, you know, like being able to enjoy a mom and pop shop and not worry about like, you know, their food being microwaved because it was mass produced. Yeah. Just like friendly faces and being able to walk. I love that sort of kind of vacation.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Whenever I think of like the Outer Banks, you don't see the wings on every corner like you do in like Myrtle Beach or somewhere. Like it's very.
0: And of course, like we still have those, too. But even the wings here are locally owned, like the people who own them live here, which I think is just it's kind of different from everywhere else. Like Mm -hmm. it's just such a community. And, you know, like in one town, you might have a pier in the next town. You might have a lighthouse like there's just like little quaint touches in every little town that just makes it, you know, feel so special and unique. And then of course, like we're just such this narrow strip of land. Like it, it, we are a very long place, but we're not a very wide place. And so you're, you've got water on all sides. So it's just, it's beautiful from sunup to sundown because you've got like sunrise in the morning glows, the entire beach and sunset glows, the entire beach. And you know, there's a view or, or, you know, the sky is amazing everywhere you look. So it's just, it, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. I mean, obviously known for world-class fishing and surfing and, you know, the beautiful beaches and peacefulness that can't be found in a lot of touristy places. Like you're saying, like Myrtle Beach, not knocking Myrtle <laughs> Beach. I'm just saying, you know, like if you just want some peace, I just think this this is the place to be. It's actually one of the reasons why we moved here. Cause we were just like, we don't want to raise our kids in the hustle and bustle. We just want to like have this calm, quiet, you know, Place to raise them, and and we totally found it here.
1: Yeah, could you
0: suggest
1: any sort of towns that you know our listeners should maybe look at? I don't know if that, that I don't know if it's like picking a child. um <laughs> Pick your should... favorite? I might be able to do that
0: depending on the day. Um, <laughs> so, as far as like picking a favorite town, I'd say that's kind of a tough one. So, Duck is probably my favorite town, just because you've got the beach right there from from your house, or, you know, if you stayed in the Airbnb, you can walk to the beach, you can walk to dinner, you can walk to get ice cream, you can walk to coffee, everything is accessible, nothing is too far away. And I just love that when I'm on vacation, like, once I've gotten there, I don't want to get back in the car, I just want to relax, right? So I really do love Duck for that reason. But then, you know, as far south as as like Frisco, where there's just, it's just a completely different vibe. And it's just, wide beaches, great restaurants. I feel like the Outer Banks too is sort of like foodie paradise. Like everything's locally owned. People care what they're putting on their plate, you know, to serve at at the tables in the restaurants. And we just have so many good restaurants here. It's actually like terrible because you want to go out to eat all the time. And you're like, okay, I can't can't go out to eat every night.
1: I can't wait to get in where we're going to eat. But
0: let me ask you this. If somebody wanted to stay in a hotel, where should they look? Okay, so we do have awesome little boutique style hotels. I think it's pretty cool because a lot of them have been here for, you know, 50, 60 years. Um, but they have more recently, like in the past two or three years, been completely bought and renovated by new people who live right here on the outer banks and like really cared to keep like the vibe and the aesthetic of the old fashioned hotel, you know, on the beach alive. And, and then some of them have been in the same families forever and, and, are well taken care of. So I love like the two little boutique style hotels that are kind of my favorite. The Corolla Village Inn, which is down in Kerala, is beautiful. It's brand new actually, but it's owned and operated by an amazing local who just cares so much about it. And she brings in amazing historians to talk about things that have been found on the beach. She's wonderful. And the Corolla Village Inn is wonderful and then you know the ones that have been more recently renovated are like the Saltair and kitty hawk has been recently purchased and renovated and it's just the cutest thing they just put on like these teal green doors and new room numbers on the outside and it's a right across the street from the beach it's next to one of the best beach bars on the outer banks you know and they just they really care about what they're renovating and what they're restoring rather than trying to like rebuild something bigger and better they've just kept it cute and quaint and then the cc motel is another one that is a little bit of the same vibe like they've just they've painted it and rebranded and put just so many cute little touches into it and i just think that those are like great little places if you're just coming just you know you and your husband or you know if you have a couple of kids, we, my family doesn't fit in a hotel room. So we have to get like, <laughs> we have to get a house no matter what, or like two or three rooms at this point. So, mm-hmm. but I, if, if I was going with just my husband, Jason, like we would totally pick one of those cute little boutique hotels because they're just, they're adorable. Okay.
1: Yeah, You need to look those up. And then there's just one other thing. I have been constantly looking at Airbnb just um, in case I find like a really good deal. We can go work remotely there. And so on Airbnb, it's kind of, it's like Outer Banks, Rodanth, or Outer Banks. Do you have any sort of
0: like recommendation? So you have- when you type in Outer Banks, like, I mean, that could be 100 miles. Like, it's not like, you know, if you type in Kitty Hawk, you're going to get Kitty Hawk. So, you just kind of like have to pick your town rather than pick Outer Banks because it is. It's just so, I mean, like I said, each town offers something completely different. So, you kind of have to know which town you want to stay in. I (laughs) think, you know, as far as Airbnb goes, I know that that's like, uh, it's a great website, it's a great resource. We use Airbnb a lot when we travel with our kids. But here we have like real estate companies that, you know, rent the bigger beach houses or rent small condos too. And even these real estate companies, They are big businesses that are owned and operated by really great people who live right here and are like invested in this community and want to see this community succeed both in tourism and in the local community as well. And so, you know, I just, I'm partial to those kinds of companies that like, I know that the money's staying here and the local companies too, they're going to like help you decide on your town. You can call their reservation assistants and be like, we're looking for this kind of a vibe. And they'd be like, oh, well, we we would suggest Kitty Hawk or like, we're looking for this kind of vibe. Oh, you should probably stay in South Nags Head. The, they're just, they're the pros and and they know the area and they're willing to help you, you know? And, and like I said, that these are people who are raising their families right here that own these big real estate companies. And it's, it's just, it's small and it's intentional. And it just really seems that like, that's the way business is done here. And even the big businesses, like, like the real estate companies, they're just small and they're intentional and they're, they're good for our community.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we move into where we're eating, so I know that the furthest airport is in Virginia. So do you have any tips for anybody who are flying in or is there like a, a bus?
0: I think so I We don't have like a bus, but there's def- there are some local companies that you could look up that would shuttle you, but people do it all the time. I think just because driving the coastline is just so cool and kind of yeah. checking out which each town has to offer.
1: It's not like getting on the highway and driving an hour, like you're actually enjoying your your long drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. When you're here, if you're flying in, probably renting a car is going to be the way to go because depending on which town you stay in, you know, you might really want a car. Some people will come here and stay like in Kerala and go have dinner in said, which is like an hour's drive, mm-hmm. which to me sounds like, really food. a lot to a lot because Corral has amazing restaurants. Yeah. You're saying in I said, Nags Head has amazing restaurants kind of pick one, but I would definitely recommend renting a car. If you flew into Virginia, I would absolutely recommend having a car while you're here and renting one right from the airport, because you're going to have to get back to the airport. It's such a long, I mean, depending on where you're saying Virginia to, to the outer banks borders, like an hour and 10 hour and 15. So once you've paid for, for that kind of a shuttle, you're probably looking at what you would have paid to rent a car for the week anyway.
2: All right. Well, now that we have a pillow for our heads, let's move on to our next segment, our favorite segment where to eat. So Audra, where are your top three restaurants in town? So
0: that's such a loaded question because (laughs) they're all so good. We love NC coast, which is in duck. I feel like I've talked a lot about duck. They are a newer restaurant within the past like two years, but it's, right on the water so you're right on the sound which there aren't a ton of places to eat like with an amazing view and nc coast definitely has an incredible view they also have some of the best food i mean just absolutely like will blow your mind how good their food is and like craft cocktails all that kind of stuff it's a little bit more of an upscale vibe there so it's like a good spot for a date night or if you're out with adults i'd say so that's definitely one of my favorite places. And then the Outer Banks Brewing Station is awesome. We love taking our kids there. We actually, they have like a pirate ship in the backyard and it's like a fenced in backyard and it's a wind powered brewery. So it's just like, you know, it's like an experience to take your kids there and their food is unbelievable. Like when I'm pregnant with all of my, my kids, <laughs> I've always been like, we need to go there like every time because it's just, it's. You can't forget their food. It's the best. And then the Kildevil Grill, which is in Kildevil Hills. And it's just an iconic Outer Banks spot. It is so cute in there. It's tiny. It's intentionally small. They will have a, a wait all the time. But if you kind of catch them for lunch or you, you like dip in for early early bird dinner, they are awesome. Best fried chicken salad I've ever had. Mm-hmm, I can eat it awesome. every day. So yes, good. Their food is amazing. What are your thoughts about cravings? The the restaurant? Yeah. Oh, I was like, my cravings. I am craving all. the <laughs> What shit. are your cravings? Um, what do you crave? Let's talk about it. Uh, would you like to know what I want <laughs> right now? So yeah, I love cravings. Cravings and duck. I love that restaurant. They've got great local music. A lot of times, kind of in their back, they've got a tent. The kids can kind of run around back there. It's a great spot for a date night. I love. I'm like a real sucker for good lighting. Maybe that's the photographer and me, yes. but like they have like the bistro style lighting, you know, that kind of just like sets that little vibe out there. And it's attached to a gas station, which I think is like just so classic Outer Banks. Like you're there and you're like, you would have no clue that you are attached to a gas station, but it is, it is, it's attached to a gas station and it's the cutest thing. That's it cool. is
1: really cute. The reason I bring it up was because one of my friends, who and her family go to the Outer Banks every year. And we were like, where are we going to get seed pots, a seam pot one night? And she recommended Cravings because there were so many that we could choose from. There was like a handful of like, you know, like five places and Cravings was so good. Like you can just go in and request it. You go pick it up. And I think we drove like 40 minutes to go pick it up. Then you yeah. have to put a pot, deposit down on the pot, the pot. You, <laughs> and then you, you can return it the next day and you can get
0: your money back. But yeah, it's like getting a keg, like Yeah. That's how we do steamer pots here. That's just become like such a cool industry and like a cool thing to do. The Outer Banks Boil Company is, it's a couple of young guys who started this, I think probably like 10, 15 years ago. And it has just grown exponentially. They're like so kind-hearted and amazing. And they rent these, they'll, they'll set it up for you or you can come get one. But yeah, they're they're awesome. The, it's just like such a great idea because if you're renting a big beach house, you just kind of want to stay home. Half the time you're with your extended family or, or whatever it might be, you're like, let dinner come to us, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think we did the steam pot on the last night we were there. So it was either a Friday or a Saturday night. And so the next morning we all went to return the pot and we had brunch there and we ate outside under the tent and they were setting up I think no I don't think they were set but I did see the stage and all the lights and it was so cute and the breakfast was really good and they were just so friendly so I wanted to just call out that place because we just had such a great experience
0: yeah cravings also does like breakfast sandwiches that they like you know will have like in a hot rack and I have to pass there whenever I go to work so sometimes (sighs) that's just like oh, am I going to stop ha- again? You just have to stop. It? <laughs> yeah.
2: Back to your restaurant recommendations. Do any of those take reservations?
0: So yes, you can get reservations. I know at NC coast, they will allow a reservation. Most restaurants here don't operate on a reservation basis there are some nicer more upscale restaurants that will take a reservation so if you had like a special occasion and then some of them will also take a call ahead but really that i am not sure what the rhyme or reason or you know yeah what the rhyme or reason is that many of our restaurants don't take them but that just seems to be like the norm here is that reservations just aren't really a thing it's like come as you are come when you can yeah. You know.
2: And then how cool has it been to see duck donuts get so popular and like now they have places all over.
0: Yeah, duck donuts is like the most delicious donut anyone has ever had. And I can't believe that they're not like the normal, Take you know, like that's the industry standard for donuts now. But in our book, like if we run through like another donut stop, we're like, oh, this is like mediocre at best, like Duck donuts is, is industry standard in our house, but it's been, it's been cool to see them. I mean, they've grown exponentially as well. There's nothing better than a duck donut. And for our listeners who don't know what duck donuts is, it's basically like, how would you describe Like, so it's a cake like a chip batter donuts. Yeah. So, and they're made to order. So they're like literally coming off the, the batter right into the deep fryer and then they make them the flavor and the toppings that you want.
2: Yeah. It's like, um, Chipotle.
0: yes, <laughs> Chipotle for donuts. Exactly.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So be prepared to, like, if you go in the morning, be prepared to wait like 45 minutes because it's so yeah. good. So they're su- super long line. And then, like you said, made to
0: order. So, but then they're also good, like for a midnight snack and they're good for like, you know, coming straight off the beach and you're like hangry and you mm-hmm. have, so you always go and you buy like a, at least a dozen. There's no reason yeah. to go and order one because you're going to want another one.
1: Oh yeah well now that we are full let's move into the next segment of where we're going to drink so where do you recommend you know two or three places where we're going to get a fun beach cocktail before dinner drinks what
0: are the best places to get
1: some wine or cocktails
0: sure so the number one place in my book would be going to fish heads in nags head it is a bar on their pier And it is just the coolest vibe ever, like live music. And you're on, you're literally on the ocean when you're there. So you've got like waves rolling under you while you're sitting, you know, on the pier Mm -hmm. drinking. And that is the greatest, in my opinion, especially if you have like a little sunburn, little cocktail, you know, you're feeling good. So definitely fish heads. I love Arts Place, which is in Kitty Hawk. It is a a smaller, they call it a burger joint, but I would love to sit. They have an upstairs deck now that kind of shoots straight up into the sky. It's probably the tallest, tallest thing in (laughs) Kitty Hawk. (laughs) And you can sit up there and and have a drink. And they also have a backyard. They'll do live music. They have cornhole, that kind of thing. And then my other favorite is the Rundown Cafe. I could could drink a Rundown Cafe Margarita right now. (laughs) so good.
2: (laughs) And then let's talk about drinking on the beach. Are there any like laws that you can't drink on the beach or because I know like in. yeah,
0: So that's a great question, actually, because I was working with some clients last year and they were like, oh, no, you're not allowed to do that in New Jersey. And I'm like, wait, you're not allowed to have a drink on the beach in New Jersey. Like there were like some really specific laws that they were like, oh, yeah, you can't do that anywhere. But we are like, I mean, our beaches are free public access. You don't pay to come on them and you can pack a cooler I would definitely recommend no glass but yeah I mean you're you're free to drink and cool that's good to know and then what about I saw a lot about
2: the brew through in my current right it's like a drive-through for alcohol so I, yeah that's really weird but I'm in Texas right now they have those here and it's so weird
1: Wait, drive-through for alcohol weird? yes I'm jealous that's so convenient yeah they um it is I it is have super it- convenient it's so weird. I haven't been to any of them, but yeah, Ryan was like, yeah, you can just like go up and then they'll like seal it for like, they'll give it, put it in a paper bag and they like seal it. So it's like, that'll stop them. Not, <laughs> a, not like a concealed, I don't know. So like if you got a over, but yeah. So they have those in the outer banks too.
0: Brew through is awesome because if you are trying to get like a case of seltzers for the weekend and you don't want to get your kids out of the car you just roll right on through and they'll stick it in your trunk for you they call it the world's coolest convenience store but it's it's truly like a gas station convenience store but instead of going in to like get a water or whatever you want you can just drive right on in and they'll put it in your car for you so beer seltzers wine coolers i think they might have some wine now too but but yeah we love we love brew through because you can truly just like get your weekend supplies your beach supplies and you don't even have to get out of the car.
2: Yeah. that's And again,
0: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're owned by another local family. So again, like, it's just, you know, you want to support the local. Yeah. Yeah. exactly.
2: I kind of want to like open one up in Charlotte.
0: Like why aren't those everywhere? Right. Well, side note, I listened to the podcast, the Charlotte one with summit seltzery.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. And
0: I'm like, that is my new business venture. I'm starting a seltzer <laughs> oh right gosh. here. Like, should why isn't that a thing here? You should. I've I like literally told my husband from Mother's Day. I'm like, I want a seltzer homemade seltzer brewing kit, and that's all I want. And I'm hey, gonna that is
1: such a good idea
0: because there's not gonna be
1: another one. And you there's only one other brewery on the island.
0: So we have a couple breweries. Um, like 1718 is in Ocracoke, and then we have the Outer Banks Brewing Station. We have a. We actually have a, a vineyard. Sanctuary Vineyards is on the other side of the bridge, but it is very much an Outer Banks business. And then we have a brand new brewery being built right now. But I'm feeling the seltzer. Oh my gosh! Keep that. us posted. Please do that. That'd be so. I'm amazing. like, like, I mean, I need another business. Like, I need a hole in my head. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. And I can't drink wine anymore, and I don't do well with beer because I just feel like full and large after I drink one. But the seltzer, it's like yeah. sort of my. Sort of my
2: vibe lately. Yeah, no, they're killing it. I feel like every weekend it is so crowded here.
0: Yeah, but- that's amazing. Wow. My sister-in-law lives in Waxhaw. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her that and I was like, we're going here next time I come to see you, So
2: That's amazing. Wow. Keep us posted. I think you should definitely yes. open one up. <laughs> all right. Well, now that we are full from all the food, we're a little bit tipsy. Let's talk about things to do. So what are some activities you'd recommend someone to do while they're on vacation?
0: For sure. So I think spending as much time on the water, by the water, in the water that you can. Renting a boat, if you wanted to do either just you know, captaining your own boat and spending a day on the water floating, kind of that kind of thing out in the Sound, that's a great way to do it. We rent jet skis, kayaks, all that kind of stuff. We have amazing charter boats that do fishing, whether you wanna do a group tour or like a private tour. Sometimes you have to wake up super early to do it, but it's totally worth it. And then the lighthouses are amazing here. Obviously where you get the best view is from climbing a lighthouse. We have, let's see, I think there's five. So there's Marsh's Light Lighthouse in Manio. We have two in Hatteras, the Currituck Lighthouse, and then the Ocracoke Island Lighthouse. I definitely recommend checking all of those out. Some of them are climbable, some of them aren't, but the Currituck Lighthouse, if you climb that, you've got the best view. the outer banks in my opinion wait back to the beaches
2: outer banks are they like known for like gnarly riptides yeah so Mm.
0: what are your tips on how to get out of one if you're in one (laughs) so i've actually told my husband my husband's like an amazing swimmer and i tell him this all the time our son was probably 10 and he was caught in rip current and we were sitting on the beach like just kind of hanging out we weren't far from him and i know that that probably makes me sound like a terrible parent like my 10 year old was in the ocean but that's that's what you do here like your kids are yeah, at the yeah. beach you know
1: yeah
0: and he he kind of started like bobbing and you know bobbing and going the wrong way and i my husband has never looked sexier than he did when he full <laughs> like, steam ahead sprinted to the ocean grabbed joey and then like grabbed up another kid that was with him just was like pulling kids out of this you know and then just swam it out and came you you just you're like was that my husband oh like, gosh i would marry you again and now we're gonna marry have three more kids so you know um makes sense but yeah i mean you just rip currents and you'll see little signs posted don't try to be a hero like don't try to save yourself and like swim against it you've got to just let it take you out and then you swim parallel to shore so you're just gonna let it take you to where you're going not going to take you to the end of the earth it's just going to take you until the rip current ends and then you're going to have to swim back you have to be a good swimmer though because where it's taking you is usually to pretty deep water so that's where it gets you know a little little scary we do have lifeguards so we have beaches with amazing lifeguards who are highly trained well-trained some of the best swimmers and they're incredible people they come here and they're like professional lifeguards for the summer so definitely you can check out, you know, beaches with lifeguards, if that's something that worries you. And then also you can sign up now for like Outer Banks alerts and they will tell you in the morning, like if there's an expectation of recurrence that day, because it's not an everyday occurrence, but it definitely is an everyday concern. So, yeah, I mean, if that's something that worries you, I would definitely just familiarize yourself with those signs that are at the beach and then swim near a lifeguard.
1: Yeah. So do do you, so like swimming lessons, obviously like for most places they're in like pools, but do you, can you sign up for swimming lessons, like for your kids or anyone and they teach you in the ocean?
0: That actually sounds like a great business idea. I've, I have not heard of that happening here, but a lot of kids here will do like an infant swim rescue. So they know how to like save themselves. That's like a popular swim lesson here there's an awesome woman called the swim lady and she will teach your child how to like from just a few months old how to like float on their back fall in the pool on their face and they know how to turn themselves over and you know we've done those lessons with her and and i think that's a great way to prepare your kids especially because we have a lot of canals like we live on the canal you know on a street with a canal and that's always a concern that they could fall in anywhere I mean in a swimming pool it doesn't matter and then as far as ocean swimming goes I mean our kids are in the ocean from a very early age here and also like having a board like a boogie board or surfboard I don't want it to be like a false sense of security for them but that's definitely like you know something that we're always making sure like if you're going to be in the ocean today you have a board that's that's the rule or you don't go in
2: yeah um,
0: I love a good boogie boarding moment. I love boogie boarding. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: yes. Where, and I know Katie's going to love this question. Where can we find the wild
0: horses? <laughs> mm, okay. So the wild horses are like just the most amazing thing. They are in Corolla and Crova, which is the Northern part of the Outer Banks. They're only visible and accessible, those beaches with a four wheel drive vehicle or by taking one of the wild horse tours. I think the there's some great companies out there that can give you a wild horse tour. But the best, best, best place that you can get your information on the Corala Wild Horses is going to be from the Corala Wild Horse Fund. It is the nonprofit and the organization that protects the horses. So these are descendants from Spanish Mustangs. And, you know, the herd has gotten smaller throughout the years because people feed them. Sometimes they're, you know, hit by vehicles that are allowed out there now. And so the herd is is getting smaller. And a huge part of that is that people try to approach the horses you know thinking like oh i'm a barn person like i grew up around horses i can go pet this horse well it's a wild animal and we need to keep them wild the only way to do that is to leave them alone so checking them out and seeing them is amazing it's actually one of my favorite things to do but definitely you have to stay 50 feet away from them and feeding them is like a huge no-no i know that you can feed like a traditional horse in a barn, an apple and like, feel like you just gave it a sweet treat and you're so lovely. But that actually kills the wild horses because their um, gut and their diet is so specific to their environment. So it's like a very, I'm very passionate about the wild horses. I wish that like, maybe someday when I'm like an older woman, I can like volunteer, you know, and, and protect the wild horses too. But Meg, who runs the Wild Horse Fund is So amazing, but I just can't even imagine how hard her job is because people do not respect the rules and the boundaries of these horses. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to see the herd get smaller and smaller. I would love for like my grandkids to know about the wild horses and not just be like, well, back in my day, there were wild horses, you know, like I want them to always be here and be a part of the Outer Banks. And, you know, if everybody kind of participates and, and follows the rules, they could be.
2: Okay. Wait, before we move on to rapid fire round. I can't not ask you about the lost colony. This is something I cannot wrap my head around. Like, how how does a whole colony go missing and nobody knows?
0: Like, how do we still? There's so know? yeah. There's so many theories and like so many people that are like, oh no, this is what happened. Oh no, you know, like everybody is a historian. I couldn't even pretend to understand it. But this year, the lost colony play is coming back which last year they had to take a hiatus, which obviously everybody did, but that was like their first year that they ever took off. And it is an amazing production that tells the story and then just kind of like goes into like, you know, the history of it all. It's just, I mean, it's a great production. I'm not great with the details on it, but it is really cool to see. And it's an outdoor theater in Manio. And, you know, you have to like drive back into the woods to get to the theater and then walk through the woods to get up there. And so you really just feel like you're kind of in the middle of nowhere and then the sun sets like right behind the theater, so it's it's really cool to see. But it's all open air, and like the characters kind of surround you throughout the the production. Would you
1: add that to your list of things to do?
0: Yeah, I definitely think that the Lost Colony is a super fun thing to do while you're here because you're gonna get like local history that you wouldn't you wouldn't know otherwise. I mean, I don't think that most people really realize how rich in history the Outer Banks is, like from pirates to you know. Native yeah. American second thing, but it, it definitely is um, a very, very rich in history.
2: Yeah. When my family went, I feel like it was, it was at night. So it wasn't too hot. Um, yeah. I just bring your bug right? <laughs> Yeah. 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 But I just remember leaving, like, and being like, Mom, Dad, what? Like, how do we know? Yeah.
0: It is, it is a really, really like mind boggling situation. Like, how do things just vanish? Like, and, then, and they're still finding like, you know, like artifacts and like little things that are like in the soil, like they'll go do like digs and they'll be like, oh, we found this. And it's like, well, I'm going to butcher this. So
1: I'm so sorry, but it's been a while since I listened to this podcast, but there's like a, mur- there was like a murder that happened and it was like an unsolved mystery, right? Mm-hmm. There was like somebody who they were
0: killed and they, they never solved it. So there's a podcast, Delia D'Ambra hosts it and it's called Counter Clock. Yeah. Um, that, I... Yeah. It's, it's crazy. And she is a, she's a local girl. I actually know two of her sisters. She's telling a real story and she actually is like, has a vested interest in it. Like she's, she grew up here and she now has this podcast and she, yeah, she's crushing it. It's she's a great still, podcast. Like, investigative, like, yeah. 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 She's doing investigative journalism and, and like cracking codes and like actually figuring things out that like the detective's did not put together. Wow. Wait, what was it called again?
2: Counterclock. Counterclock. And how recent was the murder? It was a while ago. I can look oh, up. Okay.
1: I think it was several decades ago,
2: but. Oh. Oh, 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 Okay.
1: Yeah. But I think when I listened to the, po- I don't think I finished like the series of the podcast, but like the news still recognize it as a every single year. And I think
0: it's, I think it's in like kill devil Hills or Kitty Hawk. So this one says over 20 years since emergency responders found Denise Johnson murdered inside of a burning home and she grew up here and she like actually cares to figure that out it's it's just I don't know the connections that people have to this place like even though she's moved away and you know she's she's living somewhere else now like she still has like this vested interest and it's just, like the Outer Banks like once it's in you it's in you forever and you yeah. like you're like oh okay like I'm gonna make podcasts about that that's amazing yeah that's awesome okay
1: now we can move into the rapid fire <laughs> round. It's rapid fire round.
0: First question What is the most Instagrammable spot? Oh, uh, Jockey's Ridge, I'd say, is probably the most Instagrammable spot. Um, the largest living sand dunes. You've got like 400 plus acres. I think it's like 427 acres of living sand dune. And it's the tallest sand dune on the Atlantic coast. So it is like, you literally look like you're like in the desert and (laughs) like, you know, thirst for water, like searching for water and you could hallucinate at any minute. Like that's how large it is. Yeah. It's awesome. And when you're up there, you've got, when you get to the top, you can see the ocean and the sound. So you've just got like 360 degree views and you can hike it. It's free. It's a state park. So you can just Go explore it. And there's a couple of little trails that lead back on the sound side that are amazing. Amazing. Yeah, I saw people
1: like riding bikes and like taking like little or like sledding on the. On
0: the yeah, mountains. yeah, yeah. People do like the, the, you know, ride the sand dunes. Hmm. Yeah.
1: What is the best
0: pizza spot? My favorite is Southern Shores Pizza. Southern like- Shores? Southern Shores Pizza. Yeah. I feel like that's an important there's- question
2: because there's always a pizza night on vacation. Totally.
0: And Southern Shores Pizza is like a sister shop to Corolla Pizza. So like we were saying before, you know, our sandbar is very long. It's not very wide. But that also means that, you know, if you're looking for pizza, you you know, finding a sister shop is kind of a good thing because there's one in Corolla and there's one in Southern Shores. And even though those are like 30 minutes away from each other, you can get one in either town.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. And I also want to just say, corolla i thought for the longest time it was pronounced corolla (laughs) Corolla, yep so for everyone that's listening they're like
0: what's corolla how do you spell that it's corolla and um and and it's like a telltale sign yeah it's like a telltale sign that you're not from here when you're like oh i'm I'm saying corolla or like (laughs) like how do i get to corolla you know like no it's corolla yes um yeah it's, it's funny it's i don't know like why we care so much but but well, it's like care. yours. <laughs> it's
1: like something that you can own. And you're
0: like, no, you're wrong. What's your favorite Outer Banks event? So I'd say the Outer Banks Seafood Festival is probably my favorite because it's on the sound side. It's in October, which is like usually my birthday w- weekend every year. And um, it's like they have this birthday party for me. Why wouldn't I go? You know, that's so um, <laughs> them. Um, but it is like all of the local restaurants put together, um, you know, like booths and have just this epic seafood fest. Okay.
1: Um, I love seafood and
0: let's try to make that happen this year, Stephanie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Another really good one on the off season is the the great curry shuck and it is like Mm -hmm. blue crab. Yeah. So it's the great curry shuck and it is crabs, oysters, barbecue, like local wine. And that's at sanctuary vineyards and they just pull in crab after crab after crab. And you just stand at this giant long table and shuck them. And it's usually like the Saturday after Thanksgiving and it is, amazing so good okay coffee shop i love wave riders and Head. they are i feel like i am a broken record like they're locally owned everything is locally (laughs) owned probably but they yeah they're just amazing like they care about everything that they're putting out you can get coffee and you can also get mimosa floats and i feel like if you can do both of those things in one shop then like yeah count me in i'm here for it do you have a favorite place to get wine and cheese Yes. Oh, Trio for sure. Um, trio is in Kitty Hawk. And um they are awesome. Like they do like the giant cheese boards. They make an onion dip that is like out of this world. So good. My girlfriends are all like cheese fanatics and I like could take it or leave it, but they are like every time we go, they get this giant, you know, cheese board and introduce me to something new every time. And I'm like, oh, okay, wait. I do like cheese. Turns out it's, it's not all just like American cheese, right? Like, (laughs) you know, not every, not everything is like a Colby Jack. And then we get get there and they're like, they'll get this like giant board. I'm like, no, I'm good. I don't need any of that. Like, you know, cheese is cheese. And then I get there. I'm like, no, cheese is not cheese. This is so good. You know? So they're, they're schooling me on that. that. Sounds delicious. Okay.
1: Kind of obvious question, but what's the best season to visit?
0: So I would actually say the fall. I think probably most people would, would be like, oh, summer vacation for sure. But in the fall, you'll have less crowds and it's a little bit cheaper to rent houses here in the fall and, and the water stays warm a lot longer than, you know, you would expect. So even if your air temperature is cooling down, the water stays warm. Whereas in the spring, the air temperature might heat up faster, but the, the water takes a really long time to heat up. So once it's warm, it stays warm for a while, but it takes a while to heat up. So I always kind of say like, go for warm water, but we're water people.
1: Yeah. I think it was last year, the year before we went to the beach, like in May and the water was too cold to get in and it was really crazy.
0: Yeah. It'll like like make your toes, toes blue for sure. Yeah, What's your favorite beach bar? So my favorite beach bar is probably what we talked about earlier, fish heads, which is you know, on the pier in Nags Head. And then the Avalon pier just revamped inside and put a beach bar in there. And that's where I rang in my 34th birthday. And I just think it is so cute in there now. So like definitely a spot where you can go get like a seltzer or a beer and, you know, you've got the ocean right there. Any, anywhere that you can sit on a pier and have a drink, count me in. Perfection. Do you have a favorite dessert spot? So my favorite dessert spot is probably Surf and Spoon. They are actually just getting ready to reopen their, their new location. They've, Oh, I think for the past 10 years, they've been in the cutest little building in Nags Head, and they've grown exponentially. Like they're just in within 10 years, they've become like an iconic outer Banks business that like will be here forever and is so delicious. They make uh, it's So it's a frozen yogurt bar. So you can go and get, you know, make your own Froyo. then they also started making ice cream sandwiches. So you can like buy a box of them and bring them home and stick them in your freezer. And yeah, they're amazing. And again, amazing local family that runs it. And, you know, they are putting their heart and soul into this little Froyo spot. So it's pretty cool. And one of the owners used to be a professional surfer. And so the Surf and Spoon name is, you know, just so cute. And they've um, recently published like a couple of children's books too, all about like Sebby the Surf and Spoon and all his adventures. So it's just you know really cool to see like the entrepreneurial spirit even in Froyo.
1: Okay, this is gonna be a hard one. But what is your favorite local business?
2: You can riddle off several if it's too hard. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> Maybe I'll just do like shopping, like because every I mean I yeah, we've talked a lot of restaurants. So my favorite boutiques on the Outer Banks. Honey and Hive, which is in Devil Hills. I think she has dressed me for every event. She has dressed me for every, like, I mean, from parent teacher conferences, like to date night, like general wear, um, all of my clothes come from Honey and Hive. She is so sweet and just always ends up having like the best things in there that like, I'm not like the most fashionable person, but she always has everything in there that like makes me look like I am. And I always appreciate that. And then Zen and Zip, which is in duck, um, I would consider them like athleisure. They have amazing leggings that make your booty look like you don't have to work out, but like you do work out, you know, and they just have like casual comfies, that kind of stuff. And then I always end up finding like little knickknacks or jewelry in there that, you know, might not, might it might not be the reason that I stopped in. I might have stopped in for yoga pants and I end up, leaving with like earrings and an amazing, you know, eye cream and just, I mean, just cool stuff that they have in there, like little eye patches and stuff like that. But it's all just very like thoughtfully curated shop, you know.
1: If you could only pick one lighthouse, which one would you say go visit? I can't do it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd probably say I love the Kurtuk Lighthouse for personal reasons. I just love the Kurtuk Lighthouse. It's just like been a part of my life since I was a little kid. And then I also think that the Ocracoke Island Lighthouse, I know I was supposed to only pick one, but the Ocracoke (laughs) Island Lighthouse is just so cute. It's it's white, painted white, and just sits like, you know, down a dirt road that people, or down a, you know, down a side road that people like live on, like where their houses are. So it's like a residential house and then a lighthouse, you know? And, And it's just, it's cool just to see like, oh, that's where they built the lighthouse. Yeah.
1: It must be so surreal to be like, have a house, you know, it I just know. seems so, like, historic. Yeah, like, just have a
0: view of the lighthouse sure from is. your, like, kitchen window. Like, oh, that's normal.
1: You're, like, on a Zoom call, and you're, like, is that a lighthouse? And you're, like, yeah, it's just my view every morning.
0: Yeah, it's my backyard. Whatever. Whatever. It's and actually last funny question. Because one of my neighbors, when we first moved here, they constructed, like, a mini lighthouse in their backyard, and it was, like, an apartment. And I mean, it was teeny inside, but it was it was a full apartment, it's like a little bed on the top.
2: tiny home yeah but it was a lighthouse
0: (gasps) love that do they rent it out I'm gonna look for it I don't think that they rent it out I think that they just kind (laughs) of hang on to it like this little guest house you know yeah adorable and last but not least what's the biggest (laughs) tourist trap I think just because everything here is locally owned nothing is really like a tourist trap yeah so to speak I think that all of our businesses are great (laughs) Totally. yeah I mean and and it's I guess a tourist trap is like really, well, what's it worth it to you? Like I'm good with setting up my own beach chairs and all that kind of stuff. You might want to pay somebody to do that for you. Like I'm good with paying a little bit extra for a view at dinner. You might not see it yeah. that way. So um, it's just really all in what's important to you. But I think that because we're like local businesses and small, yeah. you don't really find like a ton of tourist trap kind of stuff here.
2: Yeah. Well said. And before we wrap, what is your number one travel tip to share with our listeners? So it could be like a mantra, a a product, a podcast, a book.
0: Yeah. So I definitely think and kind of hand in hand with what you you guys are doing is to plan and to pack like you mean it. Like when I take a vacation, I'm like the cruise director. Like I know where we're eating on Tuesday, what I'm going to wear to dinner, Mm -hmm. because if you plan and, you know orchestrate your vacation in a way that you can pack your suitcase. Otherwise you're packing for things that you don't know if you're going to do or if you're not going to do. So, you know, definitely plan and pack like you mean it because otherwise you're lugging a whole bunch of stuff from your house to somebody else's house, unpacking it for a week or for however long you're staying and then heading back home with a bag full of stuff that you didn't use. So I'm just always, you know, trying to be like so intentional, for all of my planning and And like I mean whether you're flying or you're driving like nobody wants to be in that like I'm sure you remember it like as a kid like you're going on family vacation and like everybody brought their pillow everybody brought a blanket everybody bought like their four stuffed animals and it's like no like just take what you need yeah and then you don't have to be uncomfortable the entire way there you know if you're all in suitcases that fit in the trunk like you know you're good to go
2: exactly good tip you feel lighter yeah
0: yes We we love that and like then condo you're, you're packing.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Love that. And then that's beach great. related tip. What is like the best brand beach chair that you know? Like I'm, I'm in the market for a good beach chair and I really like Tommy Bahama, but I'm a little disappointed at Costco. Like we usually get them at Costco, but I don't really like it this year. The one. That yeah. year, so,
0: so I actually love, I have a, a new beach chair that I got last year and it's by low tide. And they're a small business. It's a backpack brand, but it's completely sustainably created. So like it's all recycled materials and like they're, I think they like remove plastic from the ocean to make these. Don't quote me on that, but, but definitely low tide is, is a brand that I think is amazing because like I said, it's a small business and they're, you know, they're, they're cutting down on like wasted plastic and stuff like that to make their chairs.
1: I love and companies they come in- who are doing that.
0: Yeah, and they come in like cute patterns, not like. Yeah, I mean we've had our our fair share of Tommy Bahama beach chairs, and we still have them. I'm just a firm believer that if you're gonna have a beach chair, it has to have backpack straps, because otherwise, forget it. Yeah,
2: wait, I love these, and they have a tall a tall one, and I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't like. Yeah, they make
0: kids chairs too. So like, the girls and I have matching family. Oh, that's so cute.
2: amazing. Okay, and then where can our listeners find you on social
0: media? So I am on um, Instagram at Outer Banks Mom. That's probably where the most real life happens. On Facebook, Outer Banks Mom. And then of course I have my blog on OuterBanksMom.com.
2: Yes, amazing. Well, thank you, Audra. This has been amazing. Katie and I really can't wait to visit maybe in October for that event that you're doing. Let me know if
0: you come for the Seafood Festival. We'll have a- Or for
2: your grand opening of the seltzery that you're opening. Yes.
0: Um, (laughs) Absolutely. It's happening. We'll happen. <laughs> be at your birthday. Hopefully we'll be at your there birthday, you go. birthday. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it.
2: And that is a wrap on Outer Banks. If you enjoyed Outer Banks and want more beaches, let us know where we should go next. And don't
1: forget to subscribe,
2: rate, and review. Um, if you found value in this episode, don't
1: forget to tell the, the owner of the cheese shop down the road from you, tell your personal trainer, tell tell your mom she needed, she needed this episode. She She loves the Outer Banks. And then next week, we're going to be in Chicago. We're back in the Windy City. Is it called the Windy City? Yeah, it's the Windy City. Mm -hmm. It's the Windy City. So we're back in the Windy City and we're going to be interviewing Dr. Emily Teneva. So excited to talk about
2: Chicago in the springtime slash summer. But yeah, in the meantime, y'all have a great week. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you. We'll see you next Tuesday. Sayonara.